0: flushcarecom slash weight loss.
1: Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Oh,
2: L-M-F-M. You can now enjoy a pint in a pub from an iconic Irish movie. More details on that after Roxette and 11 to 1. Rock said, "It must have been love." Sinead Brazel here with you. How are you getting on this Tuesday morning? Hope you're keeping well. Oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. If you'd like to get in touch now, whilst you can run off now to watch tubs in the pub uh, and the RTE pay scandal slowly but surely completely unravel, I'm talking about a very different pub from a very different location in a piece of I'm going to say iconic Irish film history. It's the Banshees of Inna Sheeran pub, yeah. <laughs> how
1: do, how do, parik Sit somewhere else. Huh? Uh, but I have my pint there, Colin. He has his pint there, Colin, from when he came in and ordered his pint before. No. Okay, I'll sit somewhere else, so. Oh, Are you rowin? I didn't think we were Rowan. Well, you are Rowan. Well, you are Rowan. He's sitting outside in his own like a watch, him call. That does look like we're Rowan. I suppose i best go talk to him soon. See what all this is fecking about.
2: <laughs> yeah you could recreate this scene from the banshees of inisherin as well and why not why not completely capitalize on the success of banshees of inisherin and uh, you know although it's a grim enough storyline it does have stunning location in this and uh, over 500,000 has already been invested by tourism ireland in marketing campaigns leveraging the banshees overseas so tourists can now add a new stop off on their list and this iconic jj Divine's as seen in the clip there has been rebuilt and opened to the public in County Galway. Uh, it's a family run business mees Bar in Kilcairn they have created a carbon copy of J.J. Devine's uh, the, the setting for a large chunk of the action in the movie so the pub is owned by Luke Me, his sister Kathleen and her partner Pat and um, according to sources Luke's wife Carmel is from the Yakil Island and some of her family worked on the Banshee set during filming so they wanted to preserve the bar as part of Banshees history and they closely inspected the film to make sure that it re- resembled it completely accurately so they spent every spare minute putting it together. Uh, they said, we watched the film to make sure that we everything correct because it was a bit of a jigsaw. When it was taken down, there was no sort of big plan to rebuild it. But of course, you know, at that stage, people didn't realise the huge success Banshees of Indish would become. So they now have rebuilt JJ's Divines. It stands proudly outside Mee's, complete with thatched roof and even a resident donkey called Holly. I love it. So he says uh, he's just like the donkey in the film, constantly walking around after you. He would rest your chin on your knee when you sit down. He's a wee pet, Luke is saying. So an invitation for pints and a round of cards has been extended to all the stars of the film, as well of t- as Taylor Swift randomly, because she previously called for the pub to be open to the public. She was like, bring the pub back, open it up. So there you go. You can now stop off and have a pint in the real Banshees of a Sheeran pub. Much better, much better idea than watching tubs in the pub as people are doing today. Lumineers, ho hey, on LMFM's 11 to 1. Just want to let you know that uh, the Drogheda and District Chamber, they are holding a coffee and chat event in Drogheda Credit Union. It is happening this Thursday at 8am where local business owners and managers are welcomed by Drogheda Chamber President Hubert Murphy and uh, have the chance to meet and chat with each other over a light breakfast good opportunity to kind of you know get the lay of the land what's going on anything that needs to be addressed all that sort of stuff so for more details you can contact brenda at or you can check out the website drohedachamber.ie now on the way I've got music from Pink and a festival that is completely substance free is returning to the Midlands in uh, August I'm going to tell you all the details of that as well ah!
1: The 11 to 1 show.
2: LMFM. We all love a good music festival, but let's be honest, when we reach a certain age, I just can't be coping with the hangover involved. Well, Ireland's only substance-free festival is returning to Cavan. All the details of that after Pink. Love that one. Pink Trustfall on LMFM's 11 to 1. Going to a music festival is often an experience full of joy, exhaustion, anger happiness and despair but we do it don't we for the music for the food for the possibility that you will lose yourself in a sweaty sea of flower crowns glow sticks and any number of these things that can happen at a festival so you know when you arrive at a festival and you know all your hopes and dreams you know you're just so you can't wait to get in there you have to get your bag checked though don't you and that's going to be probably one to seven hours at security You know what I mean? Then, you know, you will make it to the entrance. A woman who's had too much drink will pass out cold directly in front of you. It will be 12.30 in the afternoon. Now, this will not happen at Ireland's only substance free festival. It is returning to Cavan this August bank holiday weekend. So this is the one that you're going to enjoy just for the music without the week long hangover and any sort of, you know, fear that might follow sort of a holistic week of, you know, madness at, at a festival. This is going to be right up your alleyway. OK, so it's called the Healing Spirit Festival. It's going to take a, a place outside Mill 10 in Cavan on the land of the organiser. And he's also an organic farmer called Geroad Teven. And it was known as Healing Bridges Festival aims to promote merrymaking and celebration in a substance free way. And I'm breathing a sigh of relief with regards to that. So over the weekend, dozens of music acts are going to be playing on two stages alongside dancing, food, workshops, art, yoga, storytelling, plant foraging, food stalls and plenty of family friendly entertainment as well. So you've got Lemon Wainey uh, from Keela. You've got New Rockers, New York Rockers, sorry, The Prodigals. You've got Tipperary based folk band Bog Bodies. I mean, come on, that's brilliant. Uh, you can also visit the Talk Tent where there's going to be lots of different discussions uh, things like that happening. As well. So this is completely drink free, drink free festival. You know, good fun, good, clean fun. That's what we want. So it's returning. Uh, Besides this uh, as well, it has, um, uh, it says here the... Healing Spirit Festival is a return to how some Irish festivals now held on a massive scale with tens of thousands of attendees used to be. So, you know, back in the day when it would be kind of harvest time, you know, and you'd have the celebration of the season, people used to just, you know, dance with merriment. Now, look, I'm sure there was probably mead or different things, drunk, but I don't think there'd be the shenanigans that goes on at festivals now where people, you know, falling out and they're standing halfway through the day. So if you're looking to head along, you have the option of a day ticket or a camping ticket and all of the details of it Dramani Spirit so DramaniSpirit.com that's where you're going to find all the details of that now you probably will see you know somebody in neon you probably will see girls in high waisted denim shorts do you know what I mean that's probably going to happen but look it it'll be alcohol free Van Morrison, bright side of the road. Now, the cost of living crisis is really hitting us at the moment and, you know, we only have to go into the supermarkets to see that our bills at the till has risen dramatically with the food skyrocketing in price. It might not come as no surprise then that a new food share project has been set up in Drada to cater for the town and surrounding areas. We're going to be meeting the founder of the the East Coast Food Share Project, Margot Ferry. She's going to join us next.
1: The 11 to 1 show.
2: The cost of living crisis is hitting us at the moment. And with the price of food increasing, it's no surprise that a new food share project has been set up in Drogheda, Decatur, for the town and surrounding areas, supporting people who are finding it difficult to afford their weekly shopping. The project, which was set up by a group of volunteers in the area, recognised a real need in the town. And, you know, in 2023, in a developed country like Ireland, it is shocking to see that so many people need to rely on this service, so much so that they are now in need of more volunteers. To help them out. Joining me now to tell us more is founder of the East Coast Food Share, Margot Ferry. She's on the line. Margot, good morning to you. Good morning, Irene. Great to have you on the show. First of all, beautiful name like Margot and an accent <laughs> like that. You are not from Ireland. Tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all.
3: Yeah, no, I'm from France. Um, I moved to Ireland in 2019 uh, with my partner who's Irish. And after living thirteen years in London, we uh, moved back with our baby daughter, so we have to be close to family.
2: Ah, very good. Okay, so uh, love brought you to Ireland. Are you yeah. settling in? Okay, because you know, I imagine France and London's a bit more exciting than Ireland at times, now, Margot <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, but we settled really well in that Yeah.
2: Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. So the food share project, this East Coast mm-hmm. food share, this was very much your idea. Tell me, where did the idea come from?
3: Yeah, so um in uh, they exist around the world and in most countries they're called uh, community fridges actually. Um, but we chose the name food share because we we just like the idea of you know of sharing. And I knew about um food shares in France, in London, in Australia, so I did a lot of research on you know how they work, how you can get you know, where you can get the food and stuff like that. And Um, Yeah, I just wanted to set one up in Drada. You know, I have, I work five so I have loads of free time and I thought it would be a nice way to kind of settle in the town and get to know people and obviously help people at the same time.
2: I love that. So you saw something like this set up abroad. You decided to bring it here, noticed a need in it. And as you say, it is a great way to to connect to people and doing something so, so beneficial for a lot of people. So tell me, how does it actually work? So basically we
3: work with, uh, Food Cloud and Neighborly. So, uh, Food Cloud is basically like a big food share, but it's national. So they, they do a lot. They collect surplus food from, uh, retailers like, you know, the big Tesco's and Lidl and stuff. And they, um, so they basically give us food from Lidl. And we also work with Neighborly, who's a online platform who links businesses with, uh, community groups like ours. And they work with MNS. So we get lovely food from Little and MNS thanks to those two platforms. So it's not directly with the shop, it's through those platforms that we can get donations.
2: Oh, fantastic. Okay. So the, the, the store itself, which, let's be honest, probably would have an awful lot of waste, they yes. get in touch with the platform who then passes it on. Yes. That's fantastic. So this is, is, is helping twofold it is helping reduce mm-hmm. food waste and helping people in need.
3: Yeah, exactly. So that was my big, uh, well, not, it's not my idea, but that's what I like about the project. So it's uh, got an environmental impact obviously can reducing the food waste. Hopefully, you know, supermarkets will have zero food waste, you know, um, with those kind of projects. And obviously the social impact that we're giving free food to anyone who needs it. So yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and in terms of the, the types of food, so obviously there's a lot of different things that you had to wrap your head around in terms of health and safety, all that sort of stuff. So what sort of yeah. food do they actually send you?
3: So from Lidl we get dry food, so a lot of pasta, you know, tins, fruit and stuff. So that's that's great for cupboard stuff. And M and S give us lovely chilled foods. So really nice ready meal sandwiches, uh, fruit and veg. So great um, to have both actually.
2: Yes, that's fantastic to have both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting kind of the double, double from them. So you are, you are fully stocked in terms of food, which is great, but you do need people to actually help distribute.
3: Yeah, so we are um at the church where they are Tuesday and Saturday nights for Saint Augustine's Church in Johada town. Uh we actually need a few more lunches for Tuesday, um Tuesday evenings. We have enough people picking up the donation, which is great. But uh we would love to have more people on um, the Tuesday evening. Yeah, so it's from half six to half seven in Saint Augustine's Church Drahada shop street.
2: Okay, so not too much time to give up, and as you say, in, in the Augustinian Church there—that's yes. where—that's fantastic because you you had struggled initially to get a location. Those guys yeah. uh, were very much in, on board in terms of let, allowing you use their family room.
3: Yeah, we are very grateful to the church, especially Father Column who's the, the main priest of the church, who let us uh, use the family room on the side. So as you come, if you face this church, it's the, you come into the garden on the right mm-hmm. side, and it's just the family room. is just there. So it's a lovely space and it's nice to be very central a lot of families you know um, in Drana in Town who need help so it's great to be um, so close you know in the town
2: yeah and I've been in that garden there it is it's absolutely yeah. stunning <laughs> lovely. it's a really nice thing to yeah. actually go walk through as you go into where you guys are located yeah. so not, a of, not an awful lot of time that people need to, do, to donate which is great so Tuesday as you say tonight that you'll be there um, so yeah. d- t- despite what people might think and this is really important I think as well the people that are availing of this service are not yeah. sort of this notion of somebody that might be completely down and out. They're kind of from all yeah. walks of life, aren't they?
3: Yeah, exactly. That's really, I mean, that was really important for me when I set it up. That I didn't want, you know, to be just for struggling people or don't want any stigma. You know, we come in, we, we welcome people, there's music in the room, it's a nice atmosphere. And it's for everyone, you know, even, you know, even if you're not struggling, if you're quite eco-friendly and you want to just reduce food waste, like I am, for example, um, just come. And, you know, it's like uh, I like to think it like we're re- rescuing food from the bin. So, yes. um, yeah, it's really everyone. There's no criteria. It's just anyone who's either in need of help, you know, financially to reduce their food bills or just anyone who's eco-friendly and want to have a positive impact and reduce waste.
2: I love that. I love that because, like, God, I mean, I try to reduce it as much as I can in my house, Margot. but, like, like <laughs> you know yourself with kids as well and they yeah. say they like one thing and you go and you make a big load of pot of it and then it's ending up half of it, you know, either in the bin or God only knows where else. So this is yeah. really, really positive, absolutely. But it must, you yeah. know, whilst it is very rewarding, it must affect you as well, though, hearing people's stories. You know, there, there are people yeah. out there who, like you say, they have a certain amount of money it's going to build. They're not able yeah. to afford shopping.
3: Yeah, besides, you know, we're in a big cost of living crisis and there's a lot of people struggling to pay their energy bills as well as food. So, yeah, it's really sad. We have, obviously, a lot of single parents connecting. But, you know uh, we would love to reach out more to elderly people or students or you know um, people who recently arrived to draw out just anyone really that's why I'm just um, love to spread the word this morning to, yeah. to the town yeah
2: yeah no as you say yeah people like look we were all poor students as well <laughs> <laughs> living off, <laughs> living off college and we were always washed during college years and everything so this is a great uh, yeah. incentive for them as well but uh, mm-hmm. one thing as well as you wanted to get in across is there's absolutely no judgement there's no shame in needing to to be supported by something like this yeah
3: yeah, totally there's no stigma. everyone's welcome we won't ask any questions and yeah i mean for the moment we have um maybe like five or ten maybe fifteen people collecting every session so it's Mm -hmm. quite low but um so you can take as much as you want and there's no there's no question asked so really um just don't hesitate to come
2: Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. And uh, so you you're operating there tonight. So if people are interested in volunteering, do they just show up tonight, or would you prefer that they reach out to you first, Margot? Yeah,
3: maybe uh, it's easier just to go on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So um, if you go on Facebook, just to Food Share um, Drada find no us and then there's my email and my number there, so you can just reach out for volunteering. And if you want to donate uh, the food or do like a food drive in your neighborhood, for example. And just bring us a bag of like dry food, just um, contact me as well and we would love, we'd love to hear from you.
2: Fantastic! So people can donate food there as well. I think what yeah. yourself and the volunteers are doing is is great. I really do. do. Not just in terms of people who need who are struggling that need the support, but like you say, mm-hmm. for the environment as well and raising awareness of of reducing food waste. Yes. Margot I think it's it's brilliant what you're doing, and I, I wish you every success you. with it. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> thank you so much, Ina. You know, that was lovely. Thank I you so you, thank much, Mariko Ferry. There, thank thank you so much. She's fantastic, isn't she? The food share, as she says there. It takes place every Tuesday from six thirty to seven thirty, and also on Saturday from seven thirty to eight thirty pm. You can find out more Food Share Draw at a Facebook page, and also there's an email address eastcoastfoodshare at gmail.com. You can watch. Here's D-Ream, things can only get better. Music on the way from stereophonics, and we're going back in time to nineteen sixty, and an iconic novel is first published.
1: Oh, the eleven to one show. Keep mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Phonics, have a nice day on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now we're going back to this day, 1960, and an iconic novel was first published. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 4455. On this day in 1960, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee was first published. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird was the first novel, novel she uh, published, but not The first one that she wrote Apparently it was almost just called Atticus And today more than 40 million copies of Mockingbird have been sold And translated into 40 different languages And of course it was made into a movie starring Gregory Peck in 1962 And today is National Mojito Day It's one of the most popular classic cocktails around the world So you've the perfect excuse to enjoy it So it's the conventional Cuban highball White rum, mint, sparkling water, lime juice and sugar So enjoy a mojito today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk, and New Navin showrooms. Discover more at SenatorWindows.ie. Day news at twelve is on the way, but still to come. I meet two very different women who've joined forces to educate and empower women about their menstrual cycles. That's on the way after twelve. Oh,
1: L-M-F-M. The eleven to one show.
2: Here for you. It's one of the biggest milestones in a girl's life. So why do we not have adequate education around it? That's going to change. We're going to be talking about menstruation with two fantastic women. My Girl's gyny is what they've set up. We're going to be meeting them very, very shortly. First, back to the music. Here's Bon Jovi. On air, online on your smart speaker this is LMFM Bon Jovi you give love a bad name Sinead Brazel here with you hope you're keeping well you can get in touch 086-1800-658 a small thin very thin pamphlet of about I'm going to say it wasn't even 10 pages that is what I was handed at around the age of 12 to explain the very scary changes that were going on in my body at the time how was one very thin pamphlet with the bare bones of information supposed to prepare me to cope with periods for most of my teen and adult life. It's a big, big milestone in a girl's life, getting her first period. And more often than not, we're sort of given a very hush-hush talk or, you know, handed a pamphlet and uh, supposed to just get on with things. And I think, slowly but surely, this is changing, which is very good, you know, that this is happening. And um, it's all down to women like Paula Herbert and Geraldine Connolly, who Geraldine is a gynecologist, Paula is a senior yoga teacher and the two of them have combined their expertise together to come up with this. It's called My Girl's gyny So it's helping women and girls understand their menstrual cycle. So really, it's aimed at mothers and daughters. You can join their online courses and you can get a wealth of information about your menstrual cycle. And I mean, everything is explored in this. I mean, because... Most women, you know, would know, Okay, this is what's like happening around the time of the month. But we don't maybe know the rest of what's going on in our body for that entire month. And there's lots of fascinating things going on in our bodies in that month. I mean, it's only recently in the last couple of years when we've been focusing in on women's health and the show that I actually even knew or learned that um, women's cycles are like associated with the moon and everything, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, And, you know, I remember distinctly when I did get my first period at that age. And you do, there's like a mixture of this kind of weird feeling of leaving childhood behind and entering this new sort of scary phase. And you're not really sure why this is happening to your body, what is going on. You feel very kind of about it. And there is, there's a lot of shame sort of tied in with that. And that's still going on today. And in fairness, your own mother, you know, only knows so much as well. And like whilst I did have chat with her, you know, there wasn't a huge amount because definitely no doubt when it was her turn, she got the bare bones of information for her mother and was told, here, you know, there's the sanitary tells, go on, deal with it there. And that was the end of that. I mean, for ages, I had no clue. And I was also very fearful of even doing things like inserting a tampon. I mean, that was like because there was a the big thing about septic shock and horror stories and kind of, you know, there's a lot of scariness around that. Um so... In the kind of spirit, I suppose, of bringing female health and issues onto the show and discussing them openly on radio in the middle of the day, we are going to be talking to Paula Herbert and Geraldine Connolly all about what they do, because this is so important to kind of you know, open up this discussion. Let's, you know, educate women and also, not just educate, empower, empower women. Because Paula and Geraldine very much want women to feel like their cycle is a gift. I know, I know, we call it the curse. We call it all sorts of things every month. But they want to, to you know, have this in us, to have it like a gift. And, um, you know, there's one thing as well. I'm going to chat to them about, by the way, if you have any questions, male or female, if you have any questions for the girls about this, 086 1800 658. Um, if you want to share your experience, by the way, in the spirit of sharing, 086 658. I know for me, it's the hormone thing, you know, when it's just like, oh, roller coaster. Like one minute, you're just the fury. The fury would just be building up in you for absolutely no reason. Then. There's sort of like a, oh, I'm delighted with life. Then there's kind of a slump again. And then other times it's just like, oh, just oh, is the best way of describing what's going on. Why does this hormone thing happen so much? I mean, it used to be really, I suppose, in teenage years, you'd be kind of that would be the the fluctuation of hormones. It'd be like, oh, my God, batting down the hatches, people, you know, things are going mad here. But even now. And you know, end of my thirties, it's like, what? Do you think by now I'd have a handle on all of this stuff? But no, the fury, oh, the fury, would be building up in you. Something shocking. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, we're going to get answers to these questions. We're going to have a discussion about this. So do join us on it if you feel the need and you can ask the girls any questions that you'd like. Now getting, uh, first of all, to celebrity news.
4: The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the
5: LMFM app.
0: Hi, I'm Max Kane. Julia Fox says she was permanently banned from department store Bloomingdale's as a child. The model and actress says she's still traumatized. I actually got caught shoplifting in Bloomingdale's when I was 15 and I was permanently banned from the store. And then like eight years later, I did like a little holiday campaign for them. And I remember when I came up, when I walked in in the morning, they asked for my ID and I was like, oh my God, are they going to like look in the system and see that I'm like banned? Oh. Like I still like when I walk by police officers, like hold my breath. And like look straight ahead like i have so much trauma from being arrested and stuff It's been reported that avril lavigne and rapper tyga are dating again the pair began seeing each other shortly after avril called off her engagement to mod in february It was said that they split a week ago, but according to new reports, the pair are back together. Zoe Saldana has revealed that she once auditioned for 28 Days Later. The role ultimately went to Oscar nominee Naomi Harris. She said she wasn't surprised, as her English accent wasn't up to scratch.
5: I auditioned a long time ago for a film that Danny Boyle did called 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. And I had to have um, a, an English accent. Obviously, I didn't get it, so maybe hey, we know
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> The accent was horrible. It took me like we a week work to now. work with a dialect coach. Oh. And I remember I brought the dialect coach to the taping, and I was still living in New York. And I remember I would say a line, and he would just be in the background kind of going... No,
0: no. <laughs> that's the buzz I'm Max Kane
5: the buzz
4: on LMfM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMfM app I know I can <laughs>
2: Christina Perry Jar of Hearts you nailed it the fury says a message on W861-80-658 from Barbara yeah yeah we can't look at it just takes hold of us and we just go with it and we don't know what to be doing with it we really don't we're hopefully going to get some answers now we're going to be joined by Paula Herbert and Geraldine Connolly they have joined their expertise together to create My Girls Gynae helping women and girls understand their menstrual cycle we're going to join them next oh.
1: The 11-to-1 Show. <laughs>
2: a thin pamphlet, barely 10 pages in it. That's what I was handed at the age of 12 to explain the scary changes that were happening in my body. How was I supposed to prepare myself to cope with periods for most of my teen and adult life with so little information? Now whilst things aren't quite the same now for girls reaching puberty today, there is still a real lack of awareness and education around female body, menstruation and just female health in general and how to manage it. My next guests are hoping to change that. One is a consultant gynaecologist who set up the first specialised clinic for girls with gynae issues in Ireland. The other is a senior yoga teacher and Ayurvedic practitioner. She's passionate about educating women and girls on how to integrate holistic practices into their daily routine. So they have combined their expertise to set up a brilliant new resource, My Girls Gynae. It's aiming to educate and empower women and young girls around their menstrual cycle. I'm delighted to have Geraldine Connolly and Paula Herbert on the line. Ladies are very welcome. How are you getting on?
5: Thanks so much, Sinead. We're delighted to be here. Thanks a million for bringing us
2: on. Great to have you on. Now, you know, as I mentioned there, I was handed this small pamphlet of about five pages. This is what our school handled out, you know, to tell us all about periods. And, you know, my mother obviously did talk to me about it as well, but it was very much sort of go off now and deal with it. And (laughs) this was and I think still is the reality for most girls on the arrival of their period.
4: Uh, well, Sinead, so this is Geraldine. So I'm I think I'm probably um somewhat older than you, so we didn't even get a pamphlet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was uh so that was yeah, so I mean there's no doubt about it that um well mums themselves didn't know very mm. much. And I, I seem to think that moms even now I mean, from the feedback we've been getting from our Instagram is that even now, um, mums don't really, didn't really understand what was going on. So, yeah, so we're we're really trying to get the word out there as to what's normal, what's not normal. And there's lots and lots of information out there. Some of it I've been looking at, some of it I'm not really happy with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I suppose um, I, I just wanted to try and get a bit of medical stuff in there but also then to combine it with what we're doing in terms of how our daughters are living their lives and how we can help them to live better lives uh, in order to prevent gynecological issues. So there is loads and loads of information out there, but it becomes a real difficult task to try and navigate your way through that. So what we're trying to do is to try and set up like evidence-based, solid, practical information to help mums and daughters.
2: Yeah, and I love what the, what the website is doing. It's absolutely brilliant. But Geraldine, you, you specialised in the area of child and adoles- adolescent gyne. And, you know, there's kind of, I, I was talking about this earlier on, it, there's kind of a mixture of of feeling around it. Like for some girls, they feel awfully, you know, grown up. For me, it was that I still feel like a child, but I, am I supposed to be grown up now? And then for others, th- their first period can be quite traumatic. Did you find that with some of, of your, your patients in the past?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, the whole puberty gig, if you like, is it's huge. You know, I mean, uh, you see a child like I would have seen uh, children maybe at the age of nine or 10 for a particular gynae issue, not period related. Mm. And four years later, they would be into me with a gynecological problem. And it was these children did not look like the same children. Like, I mean, when you think about the growth spurt, the development in the body, the whole thing—it's—it's—it's it's, it's an absolutely huge change, and you know we need to be—you know—aware that this is a massive change for these girls, and a lot of girls do find that actually really, really difficult. And yeah, I mean, you do feel I'm supposed to be an adult, but you don't yeah. really feel like an adult. I mean, you feel like what is going on, and somebody—you know—and there's—and that's where we are really trying to help moms to help their girls. Yeah. I- uh, that's-
2: and and Paula, what about yourself? Because you were also seeing women who were struggling as well. So like what kind of what what's your background and what were the women struggling with specifically when they were coming to you for help?
5: Well, I set up a yoga studio with my husband um, just over 20 years ago now, Sinead. And um, we had lots of women coming in with uh, hormonal issues. Mm-hmm. I was teaching kids and teaching teens as well, and I'm seeing a huge amount of stress and anxiety. And then in women in their 30s as well, I was seeing a lot of fertility issues. Uh, So that's why I really opened the Ayurveda clinic, because I thought, you know, yoga can do so much, but Ayurveda is like the sister science to yoga. It originated in India thousands of years ago as well, and thousands of years ago, and the idea was to really keep the body as healthy as possible to support the yoga practices. That was the idea behind Ayurveda, and really to be in rhythm with nature. And that might sound a bit woo-woo today, but in fact, we've become so far removed from being in rhythm with nature that, you know, both mothers and daughters are suffering from stress and anxiety and Geraldine often talks about this as well in her lectures that you see you know hormones on both ends of the scale in households today so you have women in perimenopause and menopause Mm. and you have the girls going through puberty at the same time and we just thought wouldn't it be great to be able to help women balance their hormones through holistic practices. And yeah, sometimes medication is necessary, but often a lot of uh, cases can be resolved using very, you know, simple dietary and lifestyle uh, changes actually.
2: Yeah, and you've nailed it there because we were just talking about the fury, the absolute fury <laughs> that builds up, like <laughs> the time of the month. So getting a yeah. handle on the on the fury, like I mean, I thought the fury would just be you know in the initial kind of teenage stages, but my God Almighty, the roller coaster of emotions in my late thirties is just baffling to me. So this is quite an interesting side of what you do and as you say the, the Ayurveda practice like you can actually uh, regulate your cycle if, if you're using these this holistic approach as well.
5: Absolutely because so much of it is based on having a daily routine that really works for your constitution and then also getting enough fresh air and exercise and getting enough sleep mm. and the right foods you know foods that are home-cooked and are organic as much as possible and are not laden down with toxins and pesticides, you know. That just goes so far in terms of helping us stay in balance. But I think, you know, because of the type of society that we've lived in over the last number of years, and for women especially, because it's just go, 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 so we're looking after kids, we're working, we're also looking after parents as well at the same time, and we're trying to catch up on household stuff then in the evenings. So getting to sleep at a proper time um, and getting really good quality sleep, you know, eludes many, many women. And yeah. as a result, we have hormonal, huge hormonal issues. And then for teens, when we look at the level of device exposure, um, it's just massive, so yeah. you know for many teens, there's no boundaries either around bringing phones up to the bedroom at night time And then they're constantly bombarded with notifications and this really affects their cycle, you know oh, It okay. brings about stress and that shows up in the menstrual cycle And if I can just come in there,
4: yes, I, I noticed I, I set up the the kind of service if you like back in 2004 And I I noticed around about 2014, there was something changing, Mm. and I didn't understand it at the time. But what I found was that increasing number of girls were coming in with their mums with anxiety-related issues, not being able to go to school, um, crying, needing to attend psychology and TAMS and psychiatry. And it's only in the last maybe five years that I've realised that this actually coincided with really the uh, adoption of uh, social media in the country. And there is no doubt in my mind that this type of anxiety, this type of exposure um, causes um, issues with sleep, with stress, uh, with depression. Um, And we know that emotions and... um, uh, and the menstrual cycle, and your digestive system, and all, and your skin, and all these things—they're all linked up. So it's—it's—it really struck me. Um, you know, I've actually taken early retirement um, because I—I okay. I felt, I felt that what. And I wanted to do what we're doing now because I felt that by the time I was getting to see these girls, we'd missed the boat. Yes. We They were already in a um, a vortex, if you like, of um, unwellness and requiring medical help and definitely requiring medical help. But my sense was if we could, you know, dial the clock back a little bit and say, you know, um, maybe try and get to these girls when they're 10, 11, 12 set up uh, a much more positive narrative, set up a much more positive lifestyle, and giving the information to mums and daughters and what to expect and what not to be worried about. And, you know, sometimes things you do need to be worried about and you do, you do need to seek uh, medical help. But I really did find that, you know, I was spending more and more of my time uh, in consultations talking to people and explaining what was going on. And you could just See, you know, in some girls and in their mothers, like the stress lifting from their yeah, bosses. and the They're penny like, dropping as well because like it's okay and yeah. not nothing wrong here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just felt this was a really important piece of what um, you know, because if we're if we can if we not like you know, I'm sounding like a bit of I don't know what, but if if we can um if we can help our girls to live healthy lives, imagine what this will do in terms of their hormones with regard to their fertility in later Mm. life Mm. and indeed with regard to um, their menopause in later life. Uh, I mean, if we set it all up, the, the, this is the way to go as far as I'm
2: concerned oh no i think absolutely it is and you said something key there to create a more positive narrative because let's be honest uh, it's still there and definitely it has been in years uh, gone by this idea of oh sh- you know don't be talking yeah. about periods yeah. and the shame and it's dirty and all of this was tied yeah. into it so thankfully that slowly but surely you know it is it is actually changing so the tell period, me yeah. about the the my girls guy then so say like because i've i'm I'm a mom of a, of a daughter, probably could have done with this at the start. But, you know, you know, we, we, she's at she's at the later stage of teenage now. It's never too late, I suppose, to learn never this stuff. So so if we signed up, what could we learn?
5: Well, we decided that we put together an online course because what we found, Sinead, was that, yeah, there's a lot of talks in school about, um, you know, sex education, mm-hmm. about contraception maybe. They do a little bit about the body as well. Um, but, and, and the girls get a certain amount out of that. But if it's not reinforced on a regular basis, they forget a lot of it as well. Yes. Or it goes in one ear and out the other. Or they they integrate a little bit of it. But it's impossible to listen to a two-hour lecture and integrate everything all at once. So we felt if we put together an online course that we gave mums and daughters access to, that they could watch together um, and then open up discussion after each video as well. So that the house then becomes a really open space for discussing periods. So, you know, there's no taboo around it then and there's no secrecy around it then. And by the way, it's not just for mums. It's it's also for dads and parents as well. We're very aware of trying to open up that whole discussion also. um, And making men feel comfortable to go in and buy sanitary wear for their daughters whenever necessary, you know, there should be no taboo around that either. So the course covers all the different types of sanitary wear um, available today, from tampons to moon cups to, you know, um, uh, pads as well, um, and period pants. And it also covers all the um, major issues that crop up with heavy periods, Mm -hmm. irregular periods, for example. Um, as well as the whole physiology behind puberty, and um, into going into all the detail of what happens with the hormones throughout the month. And then we provide some bonus videos um, from the holistic side um, breath work, uh, posture practices deep relaxation just to help with stress and anxiety as well and postures that really help when the girl has their period also just to open up the pelvis a little bit but very gently. So one of the key things that we try to emphasise is don't push through on the days when you have your period. So take it easy for, you know, two or three days. It doesn't mean you have to stay in bed at all, go to school, but you don't have to be running marathons or, you know, out swimming in the sea those days. Take it easy on the body and that really sets you up for a much better month and eases the following period.
2: Yeah, and I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think what that that's covering absolutely everything. And you, you just mentioned something there because I do think that, uh, and we've had this conversation before on the show, girls that are going through difficult period or just a normal period find that they then end up dropping out of sport because, again, yeah. there's not that education and support there.
5: Absolutely. And, you know, we're delighted now because we're actually going into sports clubs and educating mums and girls in the sports clubs as well Mm. in relation to this, just to make sure that they optimise their health so that they can continue those sports and feel really comfortable doing so.
2: That's fantastic to see. And you know, one of the things that you're aiming to do, and listen, this is a fantastic feat. Fair play to you if you end up doing this, is to help women see their menstrual cycle as a gift, not the curse that we call it every month.
5: Yeah. And I mean that's really where we're linking back into, you know, getting in rhythm with nature. And yes. you know, if we look at ancient civilizations, they actually celebrated their yes. and they took time out and went off and and menstruating together, you know. I know. <laughs> they had a few days off all the household chores, and um, now obviously we're not suggesting that you pitch a tent in your back garden and <laughs> head out there for the few days <laughs> of your cycle. But definitely there's a lot to, um, you know, to really tune into. And we were talking earlier as well about being able to tune into the phases of the moon and the phases of your cycle. Yeah, and I only Um, learned about this
2: very recently. This is going back to that idea of the lack of education. So that's really interesting.
5: Yeah, it is. And it just makes so much sense, you know, that when there's a full moon, um, we're much more likely to feel very outgoing. Yeah. it's a much um it really supports ovulation, for example. So, you know, if we were very in tune, we could actually get back into rhythm with that and be ovulating when there's a full moon and then be menstruating when there's a new moon, you know, yeah. Yeah, we're not expecting that and <laughs> that takes a lot of work <laughs> but, um, you know, it's very interesting to start to to, to look at that.
4: To explore it, absolutely, yeah But if I
5: can come in, yes. um,
4: there is a great uh, transition year project from um, uh, Letterkenny was it? Yeah,
5: it um, was well, Letterkenny yeah. Donegal,
4: uh, and it was uh, a group of um, TY students and they came to... Um, YSI, yeah. which the, the Project. Yeah. Oh,
2: the it's social it's innovators, it. is it? Yes. yes. yes.
4: And they, they were talking about um, like the, the lack of education around the moods and the different emotions around the cycle, uh, which is exactly what Paula was talking about. Because like, you know, sometimes you're kind of going... Oh, why do I have the rage? Like, yeah. why do I feel I want to break a window or, you know, you know, go to bed uh, and, not, and cover my head? And then two days later, the period comes and then, you know, you kind of go, oh, that's why. Yeah. Or else, you know, um, if you're if you're um, really kind of, you know, vivacious and, and out there and optimistic and socializing and then you kind of think, oh, yeah. And if you know what your signs of ovulation are, mm. uh, you'll say, oh, yeah, that's, you know, and it's really just, being a little bit more in tune with our bodies yeah. because really what we're doing in our society now is we're living from the neck up. We do not listen to what's going on in <laughs> yes, our body totally at all. Right. You know? You're I mean, totally right. And that goes for all of us. It really does really across
2: do. across yeah. both genders. It really, really does okay. Okay. Yeah. ladies, I think what you're doing is is fantastic. It really is. I know you're running a course now on the twentieth of July around teen gyny Health. How can people sign up to that?
5: They can sign up from the website, yeah. Um, so if they just go to www.mygirlsginny.com, and um, they can just link into our events there, and they can buy a ticket for a mother and daughter, or it can be for the dad and daughter, or granny and daughter, or carer and daughter. And they can come in studio. It's in person, live in Blackrock in Dublin, and also online. So for any of your listeners around uh, the area, we'd love to have you come in online. And it's a two-hour workshop, Thursday the 20th of July.
2: Fantastic. Well, ladies, I think what you're doing is exceptional work. It's so, so important. I thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today.
5: Thanks a million, Sinead.
2: Thank Thank you you so so much. much. Thanks Thanks a million. Bye Bye now. Take care. Mygirlsgyny.com. Okay, check it out. You can see all the courses there. And they have a great blog as well, where you can just get a little bit of uh, information and and read it at your own leisure there as well. Mygirlsgyny.com. com
1: the 11 to 1 show
2: I've music from Niall Horan on the way but first it's time for this LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Board Gosh Energy. Win All Ireland Senior Hurling final tickets with new boiler installations. Ts and C's apply. See localheroes.ie. Headford Arms Hotel Kells are recruiting both part and full-time qualified chefs to apply. Please email your CV to olivia at headfordarms.ie. Terra Glen Residential Care Service are looking to recruit full-time social carers in the Cavan, Louth and Westmead areas. To apply, please email recruitment at terraglen.ie. Mead Local Sports Partnership require an office administrator for one year maternity cover. To apply, please send your cover letter and CV to mary.murphy at meathcoco.ie. And the City Bin Company requires HGV drivers for their Dublin team to apply email careers at citybin.com. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Gáis Energy. For gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation. Visit localheroes.ie. I'll whore in with having some messages coming in on first periods. I'm going to get to them. Plus, I've got music from ABBA on the way.
1: Oh, the eleven to one show.
2: I think most women will remember their first period uh, messages coming in on 86 658 Got my first period aged 10. I was at school in St. Ulton's and Navin. I didn't tell the teacher. Also, I had no family member to talk to or listen to me. Got awful cramps every month and I would miss class at school. That happened an awful lot and still does happen an awful lot to, to girls missing out on school just because of the, the cramping. I remember having no clue what was happening at the age of 11. This is back in the 70s. Mum had a really short chat. Just said, you're grown up now. Handed me the sanitary towels and that was it. Yeah, that really was a lot of people's experience as well. I remember all my friends getting them. I was a bit of a late bloomer. Had uh, no period till I was 16. Then wham! Oh yeah, yeah. And that's the worst, isn't it, as well? When friends are going on about stuff like this and, you know, the, you, you don't know what the experiences and you feel left out of it. And I know a couple of people all right who, um, were a little bit later in terms of starting uh, with, with periods got my first period during my summer holidays a big red patch on the jeans traumatised oh yeah we've always had we've also had you know those kind of near misses or just you know absolute disasters with regards to it as well and again it's the shame and embarrassment tied up and all of that will that ever go I don't know I really do hope it does and uh, the, the ladies that we were talking to Geraldine and Paula definitely are on a mission to make sure that that doesn't happen in terms of the stigma. Now I just want to let you know there was house and car keys found on the Denor Road in Drogheda last night on Monday evening. If anyone is missing keys you can contact us here 0419832000. There's Abba knowing me knowing you just before we finish up I just want to let you know that the 27th Infantry Battalion at Aiken Barracks in Dundalk they were formed on the 1st of September in 1973 so this year it's its 50th anniversary so they are marking the occasion with a number of events that will culminate in a parade at Market Square in Dundalk on Saturday the 2nd of September so as part of the anniversary there's going to be walking tours of Aiken Barracks so they are going to be taking place this Thursday they start Start the 13th of July. So they're going to commence at the Point Road entrance at 6.30pm and you need to book them. So if you contact them 042 933 2295 uh, you can find out more information there. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company as always. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday and I'll chat to you tomorrow.
1: Oh, the 11 to 1 show.